five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about direct mail today. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what a surprise. But first, let's get over here to the fun and find out about the special events for National Mustard celebration Day. Celebration of National Mustard Day, who knew, which is on August 5th. Skittles has Saturday. partnered with French's to make its first ever mustard-flavored Skittle. I was hoping it was just going to say mustard-colored. <laughs> All right, the candy is described as having a tangy mustard, mustard flavor. Skittles. Don't expect it to see. Do not expect to see it on store shelves. However, fans can enter an they online sweepstakes for a chance many. to win a package. I know <laughs> Natasha will sign up shortly. <laughs> like two thumbs down for me. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's enough of that. It turns out, actually, it's not enough of that. It turns out that uh, I did have another video, but it was like two minutes long where they actually tasted them. Several of the news shows that featured the story, I must have watched a dozen, uh, took French's mustard and squirted it on regular, or dipped them into, re dip regular Skittles into the mustard, and nobody really liked that one. But I did finally find one show, I think it was from Atlanta, where the where the French's mustard bus actually went mustard mobile uh so here anyway here's the story um national mustard day and you know for those of you who don't know wisconsin middleton wisconsin is is the uh, site of the national mustard museum uh a can't miss uh feature of the madison area most of you probably have missed it. But anyway, I have been there a couple of times, of course, because I'm a big mustard fan. And I actually made the newsletter one year. One year. <laughs> so one month. Uh, I hope it still exists. Anyway, uh, it is what it sounds like. It's mustard from all over the world. They have videos. I learned that Canada is one of the top producers of mustard seed in the world, uh, west, out in western Canada. And uh, my brother lived in Moscow and then in Krasnodar, Russia, for a while. And he brought back, I don't know why, but he said, I knew you liked mustard. And he brought me six bottles of something that looked a lot like French's. It was a little more vinegary, I would say, maybe a little more tangy. You know, it wasn't really the kind I like, which is the horseradish uh, German coarse ground stuff. But anyway, uh, so I had six bottles of this stuff, and it was the labels were all in Russian, so I thought I'd give a couple to the Mustard Museum, and of course, they were glad to have it. They had never seen uh, any of that before. Um, but anyway, so National Mustard Day is August 5th. That's, that's Saturday, and... Uh, They've, they've done mustard ice cream. Last year was mustard donuts. This year is the fifth time French's has gone all out with flavorful intervention, inter, in, interventions. Innovations. And uh, Vlada Koryat, uh, North American VP for French's, said that uh, we knew we had to outdo ourselves. Okay, but as I said, the people who actually got a taste of these they're not that easy to get. You can go on their site and register to perhaps win a drawing of a package of these. It's like, come on, shoot, you ought to at least 
mail, everybody enters a, a package of little mustard. I have some jalap I had some jalapeno jelly beans, some jelly belly type stuff, and uh, we give, gave them out as a uh, as a as a you know as a trade show thing and they were actually kind of good but they did taste a lot like jalapeno peppers and these mustard ones apparently do too so skittles was always looking for ways to unexpected ways to let fans experience their brand um according to ro chang so <laughs> anyway you can take that for what it's worth here's an excellent article not long by bill farquartson no one drops you off at the top of the of the mountain uh, and actually it was called the sales mountain, uh, before I simplified the title. Interesting that it took out the word sales. Um, so this coming weekend in conjunction with national mustard day, not that it's connected at all. It's what you call <laughs> causal without, without it's con it's conjunction without causal force. <laughs> but anyway, there's the pan mass challenge. Uh, where you start biking in the middle of Massachusetts and end up at the tip of Cape Cod. And maybe you have to bike home. <laughs> I suppose you could. I don't know how it, it says no one drops you off at the top of the mountain, but how do you get back down? I don't know. There aren't really many mountains on Cape Cod. I have been there. Spent a week. It was beautiful. It's, it's, it's not as nice as Door County. I said to somebody last week, Door County is what Cape Cod wishes it were but it isn't, you know, anyway, uh, so, so Bill has done this ride four times and, um, they started it as a, a couple of buddies, nine or 10 guys started the Dana Faber Cancer Institute, uh, donation program here, DCFI. They don't, they said, we're going to donate some money to you. They said, okay, whatever. Yeah, you can use our name. So the first check was $10,000. When was this anyway? 30 years ago. Okay, so 30 years ago. Been going for a while. And the 2023 goal was $70 million for the year. I don't know. I think that would buy a couple of MRI machines. I'm not sure if it would install them, but that's quite a mountain. So... When I was training, Bill said, I taught myself to tr a trick to, to beat the, the hills, those long, slow inclines that burn your legs. Now, I should show you pictures. My brother-in-law, Joe England, uh, who I don't know if he's on, even on LinkedIn, uh, my brother-in-law is riding from Boston, I think, or out there someplace, or Maine, all the way to Seattle <laughs> on his bicycle. And he had a few mountains, you know, in the Alleghenies, I suppose it is, you know, when you go over the Appalachians. The rest of it's pretty flat for a long, long time, although it's slightly uphill from the Mississippi all the way to the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it's not just slightly. It goes up a couple of thousand feet. But so Denver, which isn't really in the mountains, is 5,000 feet, Mile High City. So you're, you're going uphill that whole, whole way. And uh, then you get to the mountains. And I don't know if my, my, my brother-in-law, Joe, knows this trick or not, but he's, he's almost to Seattle now. He's been riding since, since May, I think. And um, 
So that's pretty. He he sh he sends us beautiful pictures. But he, but anyway, so Bill's trick. I don't know if Bill's ever really ridden up an actual mountain. <laughs> Bill's trick is just focus on making it halfway. Don't worry about the whole thing, just half. And I don't know if Bill knows the Zeno impossibility theorem. You know, Zeno proved that movement was impossible because if you're going to get to somewhere, <clears throat> you have to hit, you have to get halfway. And then to get from halfway to the goal, or the destination rather, you have to go half that distance. And to go from that 75%, you have to go half that distance, which Bill points out. But there's an infinite number of halfway points. And so Zeno argues that you'll never get there. And you may not, but eventually you can just reach out and <laughs> touch it. But it's one of those fun, fun paradoxes when you're in first semester philosophy class. Anyway, so don't worry about the whole thing, just half. Now you're 75% done. Go half again. I, I kind of do that. You know, every day I get up and I try to do one of these shows and I think, well, just one, just today. That's not that hard. <coughs> and people say, how do you have like 1,500 shows on YouTube? Well, you get up every day and you say, it's not too hard. And I'm rewriting uh, my book. I'm putting out a third edition. And, you know, I try to write uh, one case study a day. Uh, and I've been doing pretty well. I've got about, about 25 case studies, new case studies, new to the book. <clears throat> and uh, go half again. Scott Adams talks about having a, having a system for regular production, for regular you know, habits of success is more important than having goals because you know any good goal you only make about half of a half of the good goals it's kind of frustrating right and even when you make the good goals you know how how hard can you pat yourself on the back but consistently working in fact um mcgregor what was his name colin mcgregor uh the 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 fighter uh he said that he espoused um Scott Adams program I think it was called how to fail at just about everything and still succeed was his book about this Scott's book I'll put a link to it and uh, excellent book and he said you know when you've achieved a lot in life it doesn't work anymore to have goals because you've achieved your goals uh, your big goals so what you do is you is you is your goal now becomes to systematically produce systematically do what it takes every day okay so if you have a big if you have challenging uh, challenging sales goals or other challenges in life start by going halfway then half again don't worry about Zeno it's a paradox Zeno is a paradox each time you make it that success spurs you on to the next part of the climb it seems to me if you were going from middle Massachusetts you'd be kind of uphill there's some it's pretty hilly as you go out west into massachusetts so maybe it was downhill all the way <laughs> that's another process another project or another approach <laughs> take goals that are downhill all the way oh nuts i forgot i had another article here <laughs> sorry okay and this is by my friend steve falk who's a supporter of the wdma and he's, he put up an article on LinkedIn, direct mail use in the insurance sector. 
and uh, he quotes, he says, he says, this is what industry, here's what experts in the industry, I'm not sure if it's the insurance industry or the direct mail industry, but here's what the experts have to say, debunking the digital only myth. People think direct mail is dying due to digital marketing, but in reality, people are still responding to direct mail. I mean, we couldn't notice that the mail volumes for the U.S. Postal Service are down, but people are still a lot of billions of a lot of billions and billions of pieces of mail are going out. So um, research shows I don't know, you know, again, it would be nice for footnotes and nice to know who these quotes are from. Sixty-two percent of Consumers are motivated to act. I think that was a Royal Mail study over in the UK. Act upon a direct mail piece. Actually, it's much higher than that. If you've heard me talk, you know that 100% almost of direct mail pieces, because we know they'd get delivered. We know who's going to get them. We know who get delivered. We know they go to a decision maker in the household because you don't let your kids throw the mail out, right? (laughs) We didn't even let them pick up the mail. No, no. Mom and dad will do that, and dad might pick it up, but he doesn't read it. (laughs) My wife would say, didn't you read the mail? No, I don't read the mail. I just deliver the mail. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, but every piece of mail requires a decision. Did you know that? Did you think about that? Every piece of mail, you decide to keep it, right? You decide to throw it away. Most of them get thrown away. I admit that. There's nothing quite as empowering as throwing something away that you know you will never need again. What can you do that, you know, what can you do that with in life? Nothing. You know, I just resurrected something the other day that I saved for no good reason. (laughs) And suddenly a light went on and I said, I know something that can fix that. Oh, yeah, it was this little rubber band I used for an invention that I wrote a patent up on. And I'd ordered 20 of them or something. I gave one to my wife, and sure enough, it worked perfectly for what she was trying to do. You know, it's like you can't ever throw anything away that you might need. (laughs) Successful, organized people throw things away anyway. So direct mail, so you, you you can decide to throw it away. It's empowering. You can decide to set it aside and look at it more later. You can decide this is something we need. You know, we've needed that gutter fixed for <laughs> years. I got the gutters fixed last week. It was, oh, it's so great. Then we got a downpour that night, and it it actually it actually came out the bottom of the gutter. It was just wonderful. I was so excited. Uh, but anyway, you know, and you get a mailer for the gutter. You weren't going to do it, but now you're going to do it instantly. That's how it works. So you make a decision with every piece of mail. Okay? You make a decision. You act upon every direct mail piece. The decision maker does. And you don't get that from any other medium. I just sent off an article to the ANA where I make this case for mail. But anyway, the competition for attention in your mailbox is lower than in your digital inboxes. Our affiliation with the mailbox is different from previous the previous generation. Tangibility is the core element. It's tactile, right? You have 10 times more sense receptors in your head for touch than you do for for sight. Can you believe that? My friend at uh, my friend over at uh, Forrester said he didn't. That was a new news to him. Well, anyway, 
I'll tag him too. <laughs> okay. Uh, brokers could use direct mail as a tool to help them build their book of business. I don't know why there's a dilemma. What is the broker dilemma? I wasn't sure about that. But it allows brokers or anybody really. You know, what about agents and customers? My very first client in uh, when I got started as a consultant was Johnson Hill Press in Janesville, I think, or Fort Atkinson. And um, they they were doing lead generation for um, for insurance brokers or insurance agents. And we had four uh, target audiences. We had uh, professionals, doctors, lawyers, that kind of thing. We had big farmers. We had small business owners. And we had... Um, executives you know at big bigger corporations that wasn't so much what we did but anyway um and so i would find mailing lists that we could test one of the mailing lists we tested was airplane owners worked pretty well the faa has a registration of all owners and a lot of them are private private parties private people and if you've got an airplane you probably got money because you know <laughs> That's what they say. What is what what is the physics of keeping an airplane in the air? <laughs> Money. <laughs> okay, so look at the ROI, not the cost. Uh, look at the cost too. Um, direct mail supports the sales journey and can be used not just for lead generation, right? It's all you know. No matter what you're selling, there's almost always you sell more variety of product than the customer's aware of. Direct mail is the most enduring medium. It hangs around. Now, there's one. That's from Ben Passmore. Terminal Van Gogh Limited. And uh, creativity and innovation are crucial, but relevance is acted upon. That's a really good, that's a really good phrase. Again, I don't know who it's from. Um, I, my insurance company does sometimes send uh, personalized Pearl, a QR code with Pearl. This is from my credit card company. It says you can download the app, but I don't know if it's filled out personally to me. I haven't, I haven't tried checking it. But the, but, but, uh, but the state, no, the Allstate, is it Allstate? American Family. I got it mixed up. It's my, my agent. They would, they would send me information about other kinds of policies and they would have a personal url on it so that when you brought it up on your phone it was already filled in because who wants to fill in insurance forms on your phone right so make sure it lands in the right hands best you can you really can't target mail that much better than any other medium although that's what they've been selling for the last 30 years uh integrated mail with digital can elicit 39 percent more attention according to a canada post study Okay, so now is the time to combine both channels. And in the U.S., we have informed visibility, which uh, tells you, it's funny, it tells you when the, it tells the printer or the mailer when the postal piece was delivered to each individual household. It's not, but informed delivery is when it tells the consumer when the mail came and what's in it. It seems like they should be backwards but anyway or you know they got the names backwards but anyway uh informed visibility lets you lets you then email saying to your customer if you or or your prospect if you rented the email connected to the physical address it lets you say hey this is in your mailbox go check it out um 
and that th those connections are proven successful. So have a great day. Like and repost. And thanks a lot to Vinny and others that have been reposting lately. Steve, repost this one. Bye-bye.